World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff. I'm hosting Creepypodsta, not because I want to, but because you want me to, the audience, by listening to it, and you've trapped me in this prison, and I will never forgive you for this, but let's get it out of the way. We're talking about a story today that was suggested by a listener, and I'm going to have to stall now while I open the tab, because I need to find the name of the listener who suggested it so that I can thank them. I'm opening the sheet now and moving over to the tab that has it, and the listener was Dumidius. Uh, I don't know if that was... I think that was on Twitter that they suggested that. Thank you, Dumidius, for suggesting this story. Yes, thank you. Uh, and that voice you're hearing, don't be scared, uh, that is the guest... <laughs> For this episode of the previous two, I know you're surprised to be hearing another voice, but that is Hannah Burge. She's been on the show before. It's not scary. It's normal, actually. It's okay. Everyone calm down. Why do you think the listeners are like They're terrified of you. Why? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Ask them. This is a very strange mythos incorporated into the show. That I have a voice voice that frightens the listeners. Uh I am both a time traveler and my voice can Uh scare everyone. I I just thought that they might be startled by the fact that another person was talking who I hadn't introduced yet. But I, you, in one episode, I think you forgot to introduce me and I had to remind you after we started talking about the story. Right. Yeah, that seems like me. I think that was during the Slenderman episode when we had Nick on. Uh huh. Seems about right. Yeah. If I've I've forgotten to introduce the guests several times before and boy, I hate when I do that because here's the thing I use the introduction of the guest to line up my recording like I'll say the (laughs) guest's name and then they'll say hello and that's how I'll line up our recordings yeah so if I forget oh that's bad it's bad for me here's Um, here's the place for you to align the recording here's where it is it's here yeah we did it yeah good job everyone yeah no didn't I already introduce you or did I forget (laughs) I think you did everything but say my name, which oh, is fine. Yeah, please. I'm fine with being a voiceless, a, nope. a, a voiceless, a nameless voice. Please welcome to the show, Hannah Burge. Hello. There it is. Got yep. it. Got That's him. Freaking got him. Got him. Do I still have that on my phone? Daily double. Yeah. That's a what? Welcome to Daily Double. Yeah, that's the sound. It goes. Yeah, it does. I. I. Yeah. 
That's that right. A meow? Yeah. <laughs> Your air horn is you saying the word meow, or was that someone else? That's someone else, but... Okay, it sounded like you. Yeah, it's just like a generic bad voice. <laughs> Mine is also bad. What's mm. a movie horn? Oh! Oh, good, it's the Hans Zimmer uh, sound. <laughs> I like that. It's... Glad to hear that. There's a classic. Yeah, that's the one we want to hear. Yeah, ham horn. Woohoo! What was that? Uh, what was that? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Give that one another shot. <laughs> Is that someone saying ham? Yes. Why? <laughs> that's the name of the app. It's ham horn. Okay. I think we I think we've discussed this before. I don't know if it was on this show or not. No, I think it was on Seeing Reddit. <sighs> Hamhorn, pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> Hamhorn is amazing. Um, we are talking about a story called The Tall Dog, and this is by, I believe, your uh, nemesis, Elias Witherow. <laughs> uh, Elias Witherow. Elias Witherow, while well, you said when you picked the story, you told me that you wanted to complain about Elias Witherow. Yeah, I did. Well, mostly because he's, he's wasting his potential. Um, so I, I remind us what other stories Elias Witherow wrote because we've talked about a bunch of them. We have. He, uh, as as featured on the show, he wrote the Tommy Taffy series uh, and Feed the Pig. Yeah, so, you said let's do the Tall Dog off the suggestion list so I can talk about how mad I am at Elias Witherow. <laughs> You've created this fiction where he's your enemy. <laughs> The thing is, it's it's not that it's just that I believe in I believe in him, and I think he has more potential than this. This story is so bad, and the Angie's scene from Feed the Pig is one of my favorite creepypasta things that's ever existed. But this is like just so bad. How do you go from this to that? How do you go yeah. from that to this? Mm -hmm. This was um, the scariest story of May 2016. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> bad. Um, he also, I think, wrote the the Black Farm, which expanded on the Feed the Pig story and was what they did on their tour. Yeah, when you say they, you mean the No Sleep Podcast? Yes, the No Sleep Podcast. <laughs> they, the infamous they. <laughs> That's what they go by, I think. Yeah, uh, so in this story, this guy's daughter is like, I, Daddy, I saw the tall dog, and so he Googles for it and obviously doesn't find anything. But he no, 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 no. He Googles no. tall dog. <laughs> he Googles tall dog. Like a dumbass. He looks at a bunch of pictures of very tall dogs, and that's <laughs> the end of the story. Yeah, no, he goes on, uh, first of all, no, no, we need to discuss this. The, the, the story opens with, uh, a diatribe about how bad everything is, um, and one of the lines in it is, let me assure you, reality is a brutal, bloody corpse, which I, <laughs> I don't This is understand. read by, who's that British guy? Is it Peter Lewis who reads? I think um, so. Yeah. I so, think that's him. It's read by that British guy with his breathy voice. It also has the most obnoxious audio production I've heard on the No Sleep oh, podcast in a while. So Just bad. like every time the author reader says something like, but that was before, that was before the nightmare started, that was before the tall dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
eat my butt. What are you doing? You can't just do that. Like, let the story stand on its own. You don't have to be like, uh, I, like, sweetie, what are you talking about? She wrapped herself tight around me and whispered, the tall dog. Shing, 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 wham. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like so obnoxious. Like, let the story, like, a kid talking, saying a phrase like the tall dog, that's going to be scary on its own. You don't need to add the obnoxious music to it. I, I just, this, this, I, okay. When I first heard this story on the No Sleep podcast, do you remember when they did as their April Fool's Day joke, Feed the Pig 2? Um, yes, and I think I listened to it, but and I don't remember it. It was, like, explicitly a joke. Yes. It was, like, a very, a very bad creepypasta joke. And because that was also related to Elias Witherow, the first time I heard this story, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> sounds like a joke. But no, he meant it seriously. How can this be? I don't understand how anybody could ever be afraid of this. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, the the daughter is like tall dog, tall dog. Oh my god, no, tall dog. It's very bad. And the wife died, which I guess is relevant somehow. Um, I'm going so far down in this story before I can actually start talking about any events that happen. Yeah, because nothing really happens for a while except the kid's like, Daddy, the tall dog, it frightens me. Are you really having a lot of fun doing your accent work? <laughs> yeah. It's going great. Because this dude's accent, I don't know if he's actually British, but his accent sounds like a fake British accent. <laughs> so it's very easy to imitate this, this reader. Um... <laughs> In the do you remember in the in the Flophouse episode about um Bad Dad Soccer Dad, I don't remember the name of the movie. Um they talk about how when Gerard Butler uses his real accent and talks slowly, it sounds like he doesn't actually have that accent. Uh, Which is I I have not listened to that episode in a long time, so I don't remember this. Was this um, playing for keeps or playing yes! for ghost? No, it's playing for keeps. <laughs> playing for yeah, there it is. Bad dad, soccer dad. Yes. Okay. Oh my god, Gerard Butler was so slim and young. Yeah, this in is 2012. Oh, <laughs> and just look at him now, aged by life. He plays. It. He plays exclusively roles that are. Um, too low budget for Russell Crowe. Oh, oh my god. Burn. What's he uh, been doing? I saw him in a movie last year, I think, called um, it was a movie with 50 Cent from 50 Cent's production company uh, uh, called what was, what, was that, what was that movie called? Um, oh, it's not even on. No, that's awards and nominations. I have to click through to his filmography. Um, it was called Den of Thieves, and it was fine. Uh, he was also in Geostorm. Oh, he uh, voiced Stoic in a flashback in How to Train Your Dragon 3. He was the Phantom of the Opera? That sounds about right. <laughs> was it in the movie version of Phantom of the Opera? Yeah! <laughs> oh man, he voiced SNL ten years ago. So oh, sad. Oh my god. Yeah, it's he's awful. got a he's got a face for Phantoms of the Opera. He's um That was in two thousand four. That was before three hundred. Yeah. What is... the hell? I <laughs> How was he okay, so three hundred was his 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. His twenty-first film role. <laughs> Only two of those were short films. What? <laughs> How was he in so many movies before the only movie that people know him from? I... Uh, hey, I... Uh, every time I think of him, I'm almost positive that he is Hugh Jackman, and then I have to remind myself that he isn't. He's a cross between Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. How's Hugh Jackman doing? I haven't thought uh, about him in a long time. Uh, yeah, he's been really sick since uh, Logan came out. Oh, he no. doesn't. He he doesn't get his um his medicine that the Fox Corporation gave him <laughs> as long as he would continue playing Wolverine. Uh, I mean, he's fifty years old and he looks how he looks, so probably he's doing great. Yeah, he looks like he's doing great. He like was on Broadway for a really long time. He like had his own musical called Oz or The Boy from Oz, something yeah. like that. Um, he was famously the boy from Oz. What does that mean? He's from Australia. What? <laughs> that's, okay. what it, that's what it is. I. It's, <laughs> it's what they call Australia. They call it Oz. That's why he's the boy. Under success in major roles for Hugh That's why Jackman. he's the boy from Oz. Why did, did you think it was the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> no, I just want to talk about the fact that under... It's about a guy from I, Australia. That's why it's called that, Hannah. Don't laugh at me like I'm the crazy one wait, here. are you saying that the Wizard of Oz is called that because it takes place... No, the boy from Oz is called that because it's about a boy who's from Australia. <laughs> I love the idea of these two The things. Wizard of Oz being... Yes! Yeah, the boy from Oz is the prequel to the Wizard of Oz. Oh, this is so critical. This is very important to me. Okay. I... Okay, so as you, I think, know, I, like, almost went into musical theater as, like, a life career, and, like, right. when I was younger, was, like, it was extremely important to me, and I was very into it, and one of my favorite things to do was, um, like, reimagine musicals as the other musical in this way. <laughs> like, all of the characters from The Wizard of Oz, but like, slotted into The Boy From Us is mm -hmm. awesome. That's amazing. Oh, man. Also, I think we need to talk about the fact that um, under success in more major roles for Hugh Jackman, the last paragraph includes... He rounded out 2006 with two animated films, Happy Feet, in which he voiced the part of Memphis, an emperor penguin, and Flushed Away, where Jackman supplied the voice of a rat named Roddy who ends up being flushed out of family's toilet in the London sewer system. Was what? this actually an Ard... Yeah, it was an Ardman. It was uh, a co-production between Ardman and DreamWorks. That's a major enough movie. I... It... It co-starred Kate Winslet? And yeah. McKellen. It was this is a movie about a rat that got flushed down the toilet. Listen, it was the follow-up uh, co-production after Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Were Rabbit. What? So this this movie was a big deal. <laughs> I also forgot it existed until just now. Oh my god! I never saw it. I'm looking at it. 
now, and it does have the same uh, crazy cast list: Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet, Ian McKellen, Jean Reno, Andy Serkis, Bill Nye, and uh, I don't recognize these last three names, but those are all pretty big deals. I guess Ardman had like some pull after how successful Chicken Run was, and based on people liking Wallace and Gromit well enough. I. <laughs> I can't believe they make this movie about a rat that got on the toilet. Chicken Run is the highest stop, mo- highest grossing stop motion animated film in history. What? It made two hundred twenty four million dollars. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, Chicken Run is pretty good. Probably the success of this movie is part of why Ardman is a worker-owned company now. It's because they made enough money that they were able to to buy out the shares from the dreaded bosses. Oh my god. This is... I, I can't believe this happened. They're gonna make a Chicken Run 2. What?! Yep. Why? It was announced uh, April 26th of 2018. Oh, well, the why is because it's the highest grossing stop motion, motion animated been, movie of all time. It's been the, 18 years. Okay, the why of how they waited so long is because they had to wait until everyone forgot about how racist Mel Gibson is. Yeah, that's or they could just replace him with someone else. Yeah, I guess they could, but will they? Probably not. Really? Shit. I can't believe this is happening. Anyway, I saw The Greatest Showman, and that movie is pretty bad. Yeah, that movie is very bad. The only thing that's ever been good about it is that on the show The Masked Singer, Donny Osmond did that show, did that song from it, and it was the best thing I've ever watched. Did you watch that show? No, but <gasps> I'm very happy, I'm very happy that Hugh Jackman got to make, um, make this very, very, very stupid movie because it was, like, his dream project. What? What what was? The Greatest Showman. Are you serious? Yeah, he's been, like, dreaming of making a musical about P.T. Barnum. Like, that was his big thing that he wanted to do. Does he, like, know that P.T. Barnum is a bad person? (laughs) Like, yeah, probably. do we need to have a sit down with him about P.T. Barnum and how he, like, was a horrible racist that profited off of the suffering of others? Yep. Uh, I mean, I think that he just loves the circus, and so he wanted to do something like that. Um, yeah, it was, for some reason, something that Hugh Jackman really wanted. I don't know why. Uh, it was... Fine. The palpable sexual tension between Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron is the only reason <laughs> to watch the movie. Um, there, he does a good job. I forgot he's also in Ardman's new movie. Oh no, Leica's new movie, Missing Link, not Ardman, the other stop motion studio. Leica. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw commercials for that. It looked cute. Yeah, I heard it's okay. Uh, I thought the trailers made it look very bad, but that's the thing about Leica movies is they don't know how to cut trailers for them. Mm, did you see Isle of Dogs when that was big? No, I didn't see it because I don't like Wes Anderson and what? the movie. Even the the trailer was wildly racist too. What? Yeah, because the little kid speaks Japanese and all the dogs are like, "Isn't it weird that that kid is speaking Japanese here in Japan, where we should all understand what he's saying?" No, that's not. Because <laughs> the dog 
ducks live on a separate garbage island. They yeah, but they're, in, all, the they're all they're all Japanese Japan. dogs from Japan. They're, they're like two generations on. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, he's looking for his dog though, right? Yeah. They also have collars on. But like they get taken away one by one out of Japan to like live on this island and everybody in Japan speaks Japanese, but the dogs speak dog because they're fucking dogs. <laughs> right, but they should understand some words because dogs can understand they human do. language. They do. They do understand some words. They mm. understand the words that dogs should understand, like sit and their own names. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't see that, but I, my, here's my favorite Wes Anderson movies. Um, most of the one with the little boy scout except for that weird end part with the clock tower and then fantastic mr fox was fine okay that's how i feel about the west enders moonrise kingdom that's the name of it yeah i like moonrise kingdom. i liked most of that except for like i liked that movie genuinely except for the way that the like climb up the clock tower was shot i thought was really dumb yeah uh and then the rest of his movies i don't care for um, okay, we're 20 minutes into this episode now, and we need to talk about okay, the tall dog. So the we dog, haven't even the dog. started talking about the tall dog! <laughs> I mean, uh, we've got, we've got, we cut into the tall dog. We said that the daughter mentioned the tall dog, and then we were trying to... <laughs> We got distracted by Gerard Butler's accent when I was doing an impression of the guy. So, uh, the daughter goes to school and she um, <laughs> bites a classmate. Um, and that he takes the daughter home and she has dog food in her pocket. Um, and she's like, I want to eat it. It is delicious and the dad's like uh i don't understand what's happening oh yeah she got in trouble for like biting and beating up her classmates yeah um and then i got dog food in my pocket oh. the other one is smoking a cigarette no she's like eight it's <laughs> <laughs> the song she, she would Hand be in my she would be she would be vaping if anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh when oh, when it's more set updates <laughs> those songs again, like how she updated in Ironic. Ironic! That, that was the funniest she, thing I've ever seen. She updates in Ironic how they, the guy now has a beautiful husband instead, even though that doesn't rhyme. Now, Hand in My Pocket is going to get updated so that the person is turning their vape on. And hail, hailing an Uber instead of a Yeah. <laughs> the other one is hailing a Lyft or Uber. <laughs> Alanis, we're doing the work for you. All you have to do is make it. I saw her in concert a couple times when I was younger. Wow. And yeah, I know. I'm a big fan of Alanis Morissette. I would love it. I thought you were going to say I'm a big baby. Like, okay, weird. <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Yeah, it just seemed like okay. that's what you were going to say. Why would that be what I said? I don't know. I'm delirious. We've been recording for two hours. Yeah, anyway, so I went to see Alanis Morissette in concert a couple times, and she did that joke about um, the husband thing in Ironic, and so I, <laughs> I heard it multiple times as like the same joke and it's like the only joke she actively makes during the songs i mean she's like extremely funny and she makes a lot of very good jokes during the show but the rest of the songs she does like straight up except for that one where she makes that joke and i'm not totally sure why that is but i wish she would make more jokes i wish she would become the next weird owl yeah 
But she won't. She had one, uh, she had the best album of the 90s and it came out 25 years ago, 24 years ago. And I'm sure all of her music since then has been very good, but no one has ever heard it or I heard it. N- knows any of it. I so know it's impossible it. to know if it will be I'm good. Jeff. Me, I heard it. Yeah, you're the big Alanis head in the room, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm the the more set here. Like you know how they have like the like they add et onto the end of things. Is that anything? Um, what? what? Mm-hmm. But she she literally went like 15 years without releasing an album. So that was kind of on her. But the album then was called Moratorium, which I liked a lot. She was like, yeah, I know it's been a long time since I released any music, but here it is. Here's the one. Yeah, did she just have, like, a big gap in... Yeah, because she... Well, she did her two Canada-only pop albums. Jagged Little Pill was her third. Yes. Um, supposed former infatuation junkie, I don't think had any hits on it, but people like it. Uh, but yeah, it looks like she took four years off before her next album, and then... 2008 to 2012 did not release anything. Yeah, that's when... Yeah, she only seems to take four-year breaks, though. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. She can take as long of a break as she wants. I enjoy the music she releases. I don't see one called Moratorium. Are you confusing her with a different person? I'm not. Moratorium, Alanis Morissette. Maybe that was just a song off the album. Oh, maybe. The album Havoc and Bright Lights is her her Flavors of Entanglement. That's the one. That's, that's not like Moratorium. Yeah, but, that was another four... Moratorium is a song on it. Oh, I see. That was another four-year gap that she took. <laughs> yeah. She, she seems to do occasionally. She's great. I forgot I about know. this album. Wow. I should, I should go back and listen to Alanis. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get her started back up again. All these mm. people are famous that are bad. We can make her famous again. She's very mm. good. We're all into Carly Rae Jepsen, and if you think about it, she's like the original Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. She's only, she's only 44. She's I always very forget, young. I always forget how young she was when Jagged Little Pill came out. She was like 19. Yeah, she was a teeny bopper, and that was her third album. <laughs> oh, I think she was actually, she was 21 by the time it actually released, but she was 19 through most of the writing. She was a very talented teen. She's a yep. talented adult now. Yep. It's all good. <laughs> Um, Unlike Carly Rae Jepsen, who did not make any music until she was, like, 28 years old, and then all of her best work is in her mid-30s. That's fine. Yeah. There are different approaches. People can do anything. To go on tour together. Canada's I... darlings, Alanis <gasps> Morissette and Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, that would be amazing. There, I, she's only... There's only a 10-year age difference there. That's they're, pretty they're wild. Peers. They're peers. They are peers. Yeah, it is pretty wild, since Call Me Maybe came out in, like, 2013. Yeah. Off of her second album. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe 2012. Oh, my God. I, I don't like thinking about the slow march of time. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, and that um, was her. That is the same year that Alanis Morissette's most recent album came out. <laughs> that can't be true. Yeah, her most recent album is still Havoc and Bright Lights from 2012. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Alanis yeah. Morissette's most. Um, <laughs> she was thirty. She was thirty-eight when that album came out. 
Jack, no, older. Jack and Little Pill 20th anniversary in 2017. Yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, she's uh, revealed on social media in October 2018 that she'd written 23 new songs and will release an album in 2019 after an unprecedented six-year hiatus. Yeah, that's her longest hiatus yet. Huh? What? Hold on. The Jagged Little Pill musical? Whoa. <laughs> this is Whoa. my whole, This is my whole day now. <laughs> what can All right. I- Let's finish talking about the tall dog, okay, yeah. and then we'll take a, a Podgo's punk break to talk about Alanis Morissette's <laughs> musical. No, we probably won't take that break. What? Well, we might not take that That's break. That's fine. I don't feel promised anything. Um, okay. So anyway, I'm gonna Google Jagged Little Pill musical. Yep, though. I've got it pulled it's up. On Broadway. Also. I can't. How? Oh, the book is by Diablo Cody. What? <laughs> Featuring music by Alanis Morissette and Glenn Ballard with lyrics by... Yeah, okay. So it's oh. the album Jagged Little Pill. Yes. Adapted for the stage as a musical by Diablo Cody. Mary Jane Haley is a mom obsessed with keeping it all together despite the fact that her life is spinning out of control. She secretly harbors an addiction to prescription pain pills and her marriage to Steve is distant and sexless. What? This, this music was written by a teen. For her daughter, who is adopted and the only black member of her family, what? Feels alienated by the way her colorblind mother has diminished Frankie's black identity. I don't think that was part of the album. <laughs> she is also exploring her burgeoning queerness with her best friend with benefits, Joe, who is genderqueer. Oh. Mary Jane's son, Nick, is dealing with the pressure of being a golden child of the family, which is complicated when his best friend, Andrew, is accused of raping Frankie's friend, Bella. What the hell is happening? When the Healys' lives are disrupted by a series of disturbing events, they must face the harsh truth about themselves, their community, and the world around them. (laughs) (sighs) Very much of the present, it may just be the most woke musical since hair. That's saying a lot about the person who wrote that review, which is that they only uh, care about musicals by white people. Yeah, they're forgetting very much that there is a musical called uh, Memphis that was released that was literally about, like, uh, the rebirth of music in a time when white people didn't want to listen to black people, and black people were making music anyway, and white people just wouldn't put it on the radio. Yeah, like, Dreamgirls is a musical. Yeah. (laughs) That that came out, like, (laughs) ten years ago or something. Yeah, and there's also, there's a musical called Bear, a pop opera that was released about uh, like being a gay teenager in Catholic school that, and how hard uh, that is. Dear Evan Hansen? That's Dear another Evan one about being a gay low. teenager, right? Uh, no, he's not gay. Oh. What's Dear Evan Hansen about? <laughs> what? I guess I could go see Dear Evan Hansen. I do live in New York. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Dear Evan Hansen is about a guy who let's see how well I can synopsize this plot very quickly. Um, he like doesn't have any friends and then this other guy who's like he doesn't know it all kills himself and he pretends that he was friends with the guy who kills himself and like makes oh. up the whole life that they had together as friends and starts dating That's that guy's fun. sister who he had a crush on and gets like adopted by their family because he has a bad family life and then has to like explain all that. It's very good. And the music is delightful. It's good to listen to. 
Yeah, maybe um, I'll, I'll go see that over the summer. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth your time to go see. There's a reason it's as popular as it is. And if you get a chance, go see Hades Town and tell me if it's good or not. What is what? Hades Town. It won. Hades Town. It won all the Tonys. <laughs> Here's the thing: I hate plays. And I hate watching musicals especially. That's like my least favorite what? type of play. I have a degree in theater what because happened? I like making theater. But watching theater, nothing is worse to me than what? that. That's a bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw, what was it? Um, the Curious Case of the Dog in the Nighttime? Sure. Yeah, it was fine. Oh boy, it was full of theater BS though. I mean... I, I don't even know how to like define what I mean by that. But just it had such a theatery quality to it. The way people act is all theatery. The way they move their bodies is all theatery. The way the lights and stage work is all theatery, and I hate it. I don't know how else it would be. I don't know. I guess it the opposite just, it of that. It could be good instead. There's a musical called Next to Normal that came out in, I want to say, 2008. And had Alice Ripley in the lead, so you know it's going to be good. I don't and, know who that is. Um, very famous person. She, um, okay. it's about like a like a mother who hallucinates her dead son for like her whole life, um, because she has like schizophrenia. And I have heard of this play, but I didn't know what it was. So about. good, and the way that it's staged is just they have like a a grid of nine metal squares, and the orchestra is in one of them. Um, and then the rest of the story happens in the rest of them, which is awesome. Um, it's really good to watch it. I saw it at the Kennedy Center. It wow, was it got the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Yeah, um, it was really, really, really good. It was the first one since Rent uh, to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama. That's amazing. Um, directed by the same guy. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, I enjoyed the thing it about, so much. Here's the thing about Rent, though. I it's hate that the one, most too. the theater thing? It was popular when I was in high school theater. Mm, I see. I will never be able to enjoy Rent or Wicked, even if they're good. Because yeah. Because they were popular when I was in high school theater. When I saw Wicked, Glinda got stuck in the bubble. <laughs> I don't know what that means. At the beginning of Wicked, um, Glinda, the Christian Chenoweth character, descends from the ceiling in a bubble. And then... Okay. She's yeah, like, like she does in The Wizard of Oz. Yes, but she okay. couldn't get out. <laughs> Good. They had to start the show over because she couldn't get out. It was wild. I was like, "This it's is very funny." This is the Kennedy Center. <laughs> Your technical team can't be this bad. And then nope. finally, she got out after the second try, and she was like, "Boy, I bet you guys are happy to see me." <laughs> it was really good. Um, uh, that must suck to have happened to you. Yeah, I bet she was horrified. There was one Probably. point in time when Idina Menzel was playing Elphaba and Wicked that she fell through a trapdoor and broke three ribs. Seems about right. Yeah. And then oh, man, she re- I I will be mad at uh, Wicked Forever for uh, destroying um, destroying What's-Her-Face's singing voice. You just said her name and I immediately forgot. Idina Menzel? Yeah, Idina Menzel. Why like, do you think it destroyed her singing voice? It sounds oh, the same. 
because when she tried to sing Let It Go at the Oscars, she couldn't hit the notes. I mean, she's like been doing theater actively for almost 30 years and also has two kids. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> she does a great job in the movie, but you get multiple takes. Yeah. They can do pitch correction. She did a pretty bad job singing it live, and I blame uh, not her ability to sing, but the fact that uh, she has exclusively been like in roles that are very demanding of her voice. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true because her first Broadway role was in Rent, which when you're playing hmm. Maureen, you barely have to do anything other than yell about cows. There's not very much singing. Um, right. But she also, mm, she was in a musical recently, which I've seen tapes of online, not like the whole thing called If Then, and it's also extremely demanding, and she does a very good job. So I, hmm. I think I think it's possible she just was having an off day or not feeling yeah, well. Yeah, maybe she had a bad day. Yeah, because this is <sighs> like this came out like two years ago. Hey, should we talk about the tall talk? Yeah, I guess. Um, so at the end of it, the, the little the little girl turns into a tall dog. Hey, wait, um, you missed the tall dog showing up. The marshmallow. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Dog. The tall dog shows up. And the guy's very scared of it, and the music gets very obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and the tall dog, for some reason, stands up on its hind legs. It's already tall. Come on. The tall dog is just the rake, again. It seems like um, one of the things from... It seems almost like the beast from... What's it called? Uh, Over the Garden Wall? Oh, yeah. I was thinking of the Grimm from the Harry Potter movies. Uh, it seems like when that dog gets possessed by the turtle goop, uh, it reminds me of oh, that. Yeah. And it also seems a little like the beast when we meet the beast at the end. This is just a generic creepypasta monster, I think is what we're trying yeah, to say. It's, yep, it's definitely very much like a Slendo Man of, <laughs> of sorts. And as I mentioned, I think before we started recording, the fact that the people in the comments are trying to replace that dog with a Goofy is the best thing I've ever heard. Very fun. <laughs> Extremely um, good. So the dog shows up and the guy locks himself in his room and then he realizes too late that he's left his daughter unsafe. Um, <laughs> Which, like, Oh, did what? we mention the message boards were... Like, uh, whatever you do, get help now. But they didn't say how to get help. They were just like, the tall dog is real and you have to go get help. No, we didn't say that because we got distracted by the fact that he Googled tall dog. <laughs> yeah, he Googled tall dog. He found a message board talking about someone else having a same experience. And it says, um, the tall dog is real. It's attracted to deep sadness and it won't leave your son alone until it gets what it wants. It's very dangerous. Like, what help are you supposed to... Like, you have to then be like, here's what you do. You go talk to uh, this grizzled old priest played by, like, Jeff Bridges or, like, maybe the one from The Conjuring played by that one guy. What? He's, he's also in... I've never in, seen The Conjuring. I guess, I guess he's not in The Conjuring. He's in Annabelle, and then he shows up in uh, The Curse of La Llorona. I, f I refuse to participate in that person's career. I know that they're dead now, but gosh. they were. Oh just yeah, both of them are finally dead. Hooray, we've made it. It took the us so long. The Warrens are dead. Hip hip hooray. Ding dong, the witch has and wizard are dead. Yeah, it was great. I'm so pleased. Um, but because I refuse to participate in those people's careers, I have not seen any of those movies. The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 are pretty good. I haven't seen any of the other ones, including The Nun, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, or Curse of La Llorona. That is so many movies. Yeah, it's a cinematic universe. Is it? 
Yes, it's the only successful cinematic universe besides the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the Harry Potter Cinematic Universe. I guess. That's more like a series. Like, we don't get uh, simultaneous releases or, like... I don't know. I think that it would be very smart to build out a Harry Potter expanded universe. Why isn't there a Harry Potter TV show and comic book? Because they tried to make one out of a second movie series and it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, they just, like, they just need to not let J.K. Rowling do anything with it anymore. Uh, no, that's true. I... She wrote the screenplays for both of these Fantastic Beasts movies. She did? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's part of that's part of why they're bad is she uh, has brain worms and can't write anymore because she has too much money. What did Ellie, also, Kal- Ellie Kalen say? She got hit on the head by a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She also uh, is not a screenwriter, so the fact that she's being tasked with writing blockbuster screenplays is insane. Didn't she write a... What was that thing? She wrote a, a play, didn't she? Uh, the Cursed Child? Yeah. The Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Wait, Harry um, Potter was in that? The, there's a Harry Potter play called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I didn't know Harry Potter was in it, is what I'm saying. I thought oh, it yeah, was it's, another one of these, like, that was about his, um, like, it's a, childhood Oh, man. God. Oh, my God. Do you not know about the Cursed Child? <laughs> no. So here's what it's about. Oh, my God. It's about... <laughs> Bracing Al- myself. It's about Albus Severus Potter, Harry Potter's son. running... With the worst possible... I've named you after the bravest men I ever knew, who both... Uh, one of whom consistently verbally abused me, and the other of whom tricked me into loving him. Uh, <laughs> your son's name should have been... Uh, Rubius Fred Potter. Yeah. Like, the actual two bravest men you knew, one of whom is the only adult who showed you any love, and the other of whom is your dead brother-in-law. Right, like, are you kidding me? Why didn't your wife get to name any of the kids? (laughs) Like, she doesn't care about, Ginny doesn't care about Dumbledore and Snape. Right, like, what? Now her kid is forever, has the dumb name Albus Severus Potter, and she's like, "Uh, I guess I never get to honor my uh, brother who died heroically. Did she, Uh, um, did did they have another kid? Is there a daughter? Yeah, I think, uh... Is her name Molly? Because if not, then I'm gonna quit? I think there's, uh, the other daughter is named after Luna, Lily Luna Potter. Uh... Sorry. <laughs> did, like, seriously, did Harry just, like, Wow, I got it right. Basement? Oh, that's so depressing. Uh, well, I guess Luna, was Luna more Ginny's friend or more Harry's friend? It doesn't matter. Her, like, mom was the coolest woman that's ever lived. And they're just yeah. like, nah. So, yep, they name it after Harry's mom, who he doesn't remember. And Harry's dad, who he also doesn't remember. Yep. Um, Gosh, this is awful. What's wait, wrong, Wait, no, he's name? not... Wait, does... Hold on. James, How many... James Sirius, Albus James Severus... James Sirius, okay. And Lily Luna Potter are the three? Oh, Christ. So, anyway, this play Scorpius is about... Malfoy! Yes, this play is about... This play is about uh, Albus Potter and Scorpius Malfoy being best friends. And here's here's what happens. Scorpius is like, my life is really bad because my dad is, like, a evil man. And who's his mom? Me. Hey, who's his mom? 
Oh, boy. Who is his mom? I do want to find that out. Um, <laughs> that seems like a crucial detail. Scorpius Malfoy. Mom. Astoria um, Creamgrass? Oh, yeah, I guess just... That's some, not some anyone! <laughs> yeah, that's not anyone. Um, Astoria Greengrass. Uh, this article is lacking a section listing all of its appearances in canon. Oh, this is about she, the mother. <laughs> she died in the summer of 2019 due to her blood curse. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, I see. This happens in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Uh, so here's what the plot of this play is, as best as I can remember. Okay. Spoil- spoilers ahead, but also it's I bad, so you I shouldn't won't. care about I it. I won't. Um, Albus and Scorpius use a time turner to go back in time and save Cedric Diggory from being killed by... Uh, Voldemort during what? the what? Triwizard what? Tournament. What? You gotta let me get through it. You're gonna say that a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, and then it creates an alternate timeline in which Cedric Diggory becomes the head of the Death Eaters. Uh, and then in this in this alternate timeline, or maybe in the alternate future that they're in, which is bad now, they discover that Voldemort has a, had a secret daughter with Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> Um, and her name, uh, that I'm gonna look up real quick is also very bad, like every other name in Harry Potter. Her name is actually not that bad, Delphine. Um, and it's a twist that she's the daughter of, uh, Voldemort. That's not a twist. That's not anything. Yeah. Uh, um, so she's the only living descendant of Salazar Slytherin Okay. her father Voldemort. Um, but she's, like, crazy and evil. I'm sure. Um, and I think that she's also married to Cedric Diggory in the alternate timeline or something. Uh, the Scorpion King, known by Hogwarts students in an alternate reality! Yeah, uh, so she is, she is, I believe, the eponymous cursed child. What? Yeah, and so basically they discover, ultimately, that uh, Cedric Diggory had to die, because if he didn't die, he would turn evil for no reason. Why do they care about saving him? They didn't even know him! Yeah, they decide that that was the turning point that made it, uh, Scorpius's life bad. But I... But it was also, like, the... What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my god. It's uh, based on an original story by three people. One of them is J.K. Rowling, but written by one of those three people who is not J.K. Rowling. I can't imagine how bad it would have been if she wrote it. Yeah, I... I... Uh, hey, Jeff? How yeah. can this... How can you... How... (laughs) How can you just be like, this was good, but... I'm gonna write it in an alternate universe where it's not good. Uh, so Delphine pretends to be Delphi Diggory, the niece of Amos Diggory. Um, Related and, to Cedric in some way, I'm sure. Yeah, asks Harry, yes, uh, asks Harry to prevent, to use a time turner to prevent Cedric's death, and Harry's like, no. So, uh, Albus and Scorpius go back and do it. So I where guess do I they was get wrong a time about turner? why they do it. Where do they, they steal a- one. From whom? Uh, who cares? Because I, no! <laughs> it's a plot hole! <laughs> In this alternate universe, 
Uh, Harry Harry obtains a more powerful version of a time turner built by a Slytherin contemporary of Harry's named Theodore Knott. Who is that? Um, I don't know. So th- another guy makes a better time turner, and Harry's scar starts. Harry's scar starts to hurt again. Yep. So in this alternate reality, uh, Ron and Hermione don't get married, and what? Albus Albus was sorted into Gryffindor. I think in the normal timeline, he's sorted into Slytherin. Why yeah. don't Ron and Hermione get married? Um, I guess they adventures never happen that um, after Goblet of Fire. Why? <laughs> that make them fall in love. What? I thought I org. Okay. So they just, like, didn't want their friend to live? Yeah. Uh, Hermione becomes suspicious of Victor Crumb, um, because Albus and Scorpius dressed up as Durmstrang students when they went back in time, and so she went to the Yule Ball with Ron, and so the jealousy fundamental to, to their relationship uh, never happened, and so he fell in love with Padma Patil instead. Oof. That um, sucks. And Hermione, uh, much like in... It's a wonderful life. She's an old maid. You're an old maid. <laughs> it's not. He doesn't. Cruel. I don't think he yells that at her. This don't you? Don't you know me, Hermione? Ron says as he's running up to her, coming out of the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. <laughs> so here's the thing about me: is that I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, but I know like many references to it from pop culture. So I have the, like a fake version of it that exists yeah. in my mind, which I'm sure is better than the original. So I refuse to see it. And here's the thing about that movie: it is actually incredible. It's like an m- amazing masterpiece of cinema. What? Yeah, it's actually good. How? Why? Um, because it is, like, a contemplation on the place of the, like, traditional nuclear family, like, head of household man in a post-World War II era, and, like, the, the way capitalism has sort of destroyed this idea and the way that, um like, greed can ruin and, like, this old town America doesn't really exist anymore and the the toxicity of nostalgia and the, like, value of uh, having friends and family who love you. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, a really good movie. <laughs> it sounds good. It's one of my favorite movies, I would say, and I didn't come to that opinion until I watched it as part of... Uh, a film study class in college, even though I had seen it many times as a child. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I don't know whether it's good or not, but it sounds good. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, God, I can't believe this Harry Potter alternate timeline. Yeah, there's a, um... (laughs) So, Cedric joins the Death Eaters and kills Neville Longbottom. What?! Preventing Neville from killing Nagini and allowing Voldemort to win the Battle of Hogwarts. I'm, uh... So Harry, Harry's dead, Albus never existed, and Voldemort <laughs> consolidates power and takes over the Ministry of Magic. Scorpius becomes head boy and Quidditch star in the new timeline. Um, Dolores Umbridge becomes the new headmistress, uh, patrols the school with Dementors, the new uh, Inquisitorial squad led by Scorpius. Uh, Draco is the head of magical law enforcement. What? Um, 
as a new figure called the Augury, who leads the Ministry of Magic, <laughs> with help from Ron, Hermione, and Severus Snape, who I guess doesn't die in the alternate timeline, because what? why would he? <laughs> uh, now the final members of a dwindling anti-Voldemort resistance use movement, Scorpius uses the time-turner to prevent the er- interference of Alvis, Alvis and his past self and restore the original timeline. Uh, the alternate Ron, Hermione, and Snape sacrifice themselves in order to allow this to happen. Uh, they destroy the Time Turner, but they're stopped by Delphini, uh, who was actually the augury in this alternate timeline, the daughter of Voldemort. Um, okay. And she wants to restore the alternate timeline. Um, had placed Amos Diggory under a confundus charm to make him think that she was his niece. Um, act four. Yeah, this is Bought a two-part... running! This is a two-part play. It is a solidly, like, when it originally went, you would see it over two nights. It's like three and a half hours long. Uh, so they, they go all the way back in time to the night before Harry's parents are killed. Um, <laughs> following, because they assume that Delphi, uh, Delphini is going to go kill Harry before Voldemort tries to. Um, and they write, they write an invisible message on Harry's blanket um, huh? to Harry in the present so that he'll go and see it on the anniversary of parents' death and go go back in time to stop all of this. <laughs> Harry disguises himself as Voldemort using a transfiguration what? to distract Delphini. They subdue her and they put her in Azkaban uh, and Voldemort shows up and is like, he doesn't notice anyone there, and they all watch Harry's parents die, because they don't <laughs> want to know what's going to happen if they prevent this from happening. And Harry has to watch his parents die in person. What? Yeah. So does everything just get better? Yeah, everything gets undone, but the lesson we're left with is Cedric Diggory had to die because he would have turned into a Nazi because of losing the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe it. I I can't believe they've done this. Uh, Anyway, in the tall dog, it turns out that (laughs) the daughter um, turns into the tall dog. The tall dog goes and gets her, but we don't see the dog get her. Like, the dad just goes into her room, and the dog's not there, and the little girl is barking. Uh, out of uncontrollably, and he does, no matter how many hospitals he takes her to, the doctors all say that, uh, let's see, and I quote, <laughs> I want to quote, um, I have it if you, uh, if, yeah, go for it. Uh, after examining her and bringing in a multitude of specialists, they informed me that she wasn't in control of her mind any longer. They told me she would never regain it. Something had been taken from her that couldn't be replaced or repaired. That famous I, medical diagnosis. Yeah, uh-huh. I guess we missed... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Master Jedi. She seems to have just lost the will to live. It's it's just it's like we didn't mention the part where the mother died, and so that's why the tall dog got her. Yeah, because who cares? That isn't real. That doesn't matter, and it's stupid. Yeah, this is rough. It's bad, and rough. I, like, 
the sound of dog mix. And then at the end, he has to suffocate his daughter because she's a dog now. Yeah, it's implied that he's going to murder his daughter. Um, but why? She I became d- the, a tall dog. Because he doesn't, he says that he doesn't think she's in there anymore, which is nothing. It's, I. <laughs> Well, like, like who? That's that. Who cares then? Like, just leave her be, right? Or like, you know, take her to a mental hospital and leave her there. Like, you don't have to murder her. Like, maybe somebody could cure her. I don't know why this happened. So here's the thing. Okay, so you have you have now been forced to read for this podcast three stories by Elias Witherow. And at least. At, at least. And I don't know if you remember this from the Tommy Taffy series, but, like, the first one has a a cogent, clear narrative, and, like, it's a little bit grody, because, you know, it's about, like, child sex abuse, but it's got, a cl- yes. it's got a clear narrative, and it, like, ends in a way that is clear and is understandable, and then it goes off the rails because he makes two or three sequels that are buck wild and completely unrelated to the point where I thought they were fan fiction. <laughs> yep. And so, like, I almost feel like he's got two settings which are, like, I have a clear cogent idea and I'm gonna write it, and, like, blah, blah. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just barfing onto the page. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, these are the only two ways it can be. Because, like, even though the twist of Feed the Pig was telegraphed almost instantly, the story itself was, like, fine to read. Because Aside from the fact that it's, like, gross. Yeah, it's gross, but it's a horror story, so I'm giving it the benefit of that. Like, just, if mm-hmm. you if your idea of a horror story is just that it's gross, like, fine. I don't have anything bad to say about that. But, like, it... <laughs> this story... The one that I am looking at with my human eyes, uh, I would say a good 30% of it is just him talking about how bad life is. Like, it's not even story. It's Yeah, it's just like, it's life. life's pretty bad. Yeah, it's like talking about how life is a corpse and stuff, which made me think of Diablo. Because Ugh. if you play as a necromancer class in Diablo, when your enemies die, they turn into corpses that you can explode. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's super good. The, that game that is famous, so fun. That famous necromancer ability making corpses explode. <laughs> Listen, I didn't want I'm not, to... I'm not here to judge. That class is extremely OP because it was added after the original edition of the game. As, like, a bonus pack that you could buy, and now it's just part of the game. <laughs> but, like, basically, every enemy... Is this Diablo, is you said? Diablo, yeah. Diablo, Diablo 3 or the first Diablo 3. Okay. So, I, I now have this for Switch, um, which I, I play whenever I'm so sad I can't work anymore. Um, but, like, it... It's crazy. We, fr- we should be friends on Switch. Yeah. Send me your Switch name, or just attach it to Facebook, and then I can find you that way. Okay, I will do that. I didn't know that that was a thing. Cause- yeah, if you go into your friends list and you go to suggested friends, it has a tab for Facebook and a f- tab for Twitter. Oh. And anyone anyone else who is attached to theirs to Facebook and Twitter that you're friends with on Facebook and Twitter, you can request them. Neat. That's great. Yeah. Okay, I will do that. Um, I like that a lot. But um, 
Yeah, so they added it as like a like a pay thing to convince people to give you more money. Um, but yeah. but now it's just part of the game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because the one on Switch is the like the definitive edition yes, with all the DLC. Exactly, and it's pretty cool because like there are it's like seasons where basically three month periods go by where you have a specific set of goals that get harder and harder and you get bonus stuff for those goals. But like mm. at the end of that season, you can no longer play as that character. So you're basically like mm. just committing to a three month period where you try to accomplish all the goals and get all the things. And then at the end of that three month period, it restarts and you get new goals and things. Um, and it's very satisfying to complete the goals because it's just like a a game where you run around doing melee and killing things, um, yeah. and then you get points, and it's great. Um, I really like Diablo. It's just like a mindless thing to do. Anyway, um, <laughs> the story is bad. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think someone needs to have a conversation with Elias Witherow about what to um, put on the internet. Because, like, <laughs> I guess... Needs another draft. He definitely just thought of, uh, like, for, I'm imagining the process was like this. Wouldn't a tall dog be scary? What about, like, Slenderman's dog as the monster? And then he was like, hmm, where could I insert this? Well, I have this unfinished story about the trauma of losing a parent. What if I represent that trauma as a tall dog that doesn't mean anything? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fine. It's like um, if the people who made the Babadook just didn't think about it before they made it, just like slapdash yeah. vomited all their ideas on the page, and that was it. Yeah. It's yeah. I I don't understand it. I guess uh, because it's weird to have somebody who's like <sighs> clearly capable of stringing together cogent ideas, like ideas that make sense, just like not do it, I guess. Yeah, it's it's such a weird thing reading stories uh, that are, like, popular ones. Because mm-hmm. um, the popular ones aren't necessarily good. I mean, none of them are necessarily good. It's just, like, <sighs> there are some... There are some stories that get popular because of being um, gross. And there are some stories that get popular because they're so bad it's funny. And then there Mm -hmm. are some where they get popular and I look at them and I'm like, why did anybody want to read this on purpose with their eyes? Yeah, why did this win an award? Yeah, why did anyone think it was scary? Like, it's a dog with marshmallow eyes and it's It's, tall. Yeah, it's just like a Slenderman dog. Who cares? I'm not scared by that. I mean, it's literally the rake is the thing. Yeah, like, like, just give me something else. Give me something new. I liked that Mold Kill story. That was new. That gave me something new. Yeah, that was new. It was like a good new Goosebumps boy, but now we're just doing Slenderman again. We did it. (laughs) It, like, Tommy Taffy was just like, ooh, what if Slenderman diddled kids? Like, I don't need like that. <laughs> oh my god. I don't need, like, a, a edgier Slenderman for the modern day. Oh, like, come on, Elias. 
Yeah, I'm gonna get arrested for for hating on Elias. <laughs> for right crimes now. against Elias. <laughs> it's the taste police coming here to tell me I have bad taste. Elias Witherow sounds like a Harry Potter character. Yeah, that definitely is a fake name, right? That's yeah. That's real name. I can't believe there's a character called <laughs> Tina Goldstein in the Harry Potter universe. Is it? Yeah, it's Newt Scamander's girlfriend, Tina Goldstein. Oh, <laughs> Un- uh, it's it's short for Porpatina, though. But Por- Porpentina. But her last name is just Goldstein. Yep. <laughs> it's just like a name that a human could have. Uh, there's Jewish witches, obviously. But they have the same name as. Jewish not wishes because her name is Porpentina Esther Goldstein. I mean, yeah, like they were just like, well, who's American? What's an American name? Goldstein? Yeah, that's American <laughs> enough. <laughs> what? Oh man, yeah. It's also like weird how. We can't talk about that movie three times, once in each episode. I won't do it. Um, I wonder if, like, when these stories were released. I haven't figured out a good way to look at that, like, in what order they were released. Because um, I don't know how Reddit works. But I want to know, like... Oh, of Elias Witherow's stories? Yeah, I'm not... It's hard to tell because he reposted a bunch of them, too. Yeah, so, like, I'm on his user page now. Yeah, but they're, uh, they're not in... They're not in order anymore because all the top ones are, like, his most popular ones that he's reposted to, a, a like, his own board. E- yeah. I just don't know how to find out. Yeah, I wouldn't know either, unless you found the original post. But I have no way to do that. You can just search uh, for the title of the story and no sleep. Let's see. Third Parent was originally posted in May of 2016. Okay. Uh, Oh, sorry. September of 2016. But why did it win May 2016's scariest story? Why does Elias Witherow have, like, 12 stories that were named May May 2016's scariest story? Here are the ones that bear... Oh, that's the tag next to his name. Oh! That's not next to the story. Oh! Okay, I understand. So, Third Parent was posted September of 2016. Um, Feed the Pig was posted... This is all about feeding pigs. No <laughs> sleep. Feed the Pig on No Sleep was posted May of 2016. That's the one where okay, he wins so this must story. have been when he won the award, and that's why he keeps it on there, because it's the most popular one. Yeah. Um, and then, The Tall Dog, No Sleep. And this one was posted March of 2016. Wow, they're so, so was close together. Tall dog, and then two <laughs> months later, feed the pig, and then like four months later, third parent. That doesn't seem right. Like I'm, I'm sure doesn't. you're right, but like if I had to imagine how this happened in my head, it's like. Mm, Tall Dog was a very early story before he really, like, had no sleep all figured out. Yeah. But they're so close together in time. Yeah. I don't understand. Alright, let's do our spookiest parts, and then... Um, Marshmallow Dog Eyes. That's gross. 
Uh, I think that in the audio version, when the little girl started barking at the end was pretty good, um, even though I thought that was a dumb part of the story. I thought it was effective audio production. That's good. Good job, No Sleep Podcast, um, I guess, even though your production of the story overall was bad. You can't be found online because your secret base is in the distant future. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Traveling through time with Podcast f- Almanacs. Uh-huh. You can find me, though, if you go to weaponizedlanguage.com, or that's where you can listen to my shows. You can go to coolmemes.biz slash at Jeff and find me to talk to on Mastodon. You can go to Instagram and Snapchat. I'm JeffJK on both of those, or patreon.com slash JeffJK. One dollar a month gets you a bunch of digital rewards, including extra podcasts. I've started explaining memes in little short bursts. Because uh, uh, one of the favorite things that happens on seeing Reddit and Hack the Net is when I describe right. a meme. Uh, so I've been, I decided to start a show called Meme Explainer on uh, Patreon. It's a Patreon exclusive where I do a deep dive to discuss the origins and presentation and usage of a meme. I take requests for that one. <laughs> so far, I've explained um, back at it again at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Uh, what were, what were the other two? I want to look them up. Uh, I explained one that I had never heard of before, actually. I was very surprised by it. Um, it was, um, uh, I explained Big Chungus. And I explained some, uh, it's that picture of Fat Bugs Bunny on a PS4 box labeled Big Chungus. Uh, and then I explained one that was a request from um, Mastodon that I'd never heard of. Ramen on the chain with the V-cut. What? Uh, and I, f- I figured out what that was all about and explained it. It took me 7 minutes, 43 seconds. That's not true. It took me like 15 minutes, but I cut out all the silences. Oh, my God. Uh, back at it again at Krispy Kreme. I actually discovered a lot of interesting one, things though. about that one. <laughs> that has, like... But that has, like, an interesting... Like, somebody found the guy. Really? Yeah, and asked him, like, what happened. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so I, I sort of recapped that article in that episode. That's good. Um, I've also been reviewing all the movies that I see in theaters, but I have not seen any... Uh, well, I saw one in May. I might go again next week. Have weekend. you seen Brightburn yet? No, I don't know if I want to. It's getting very bad yeah, reviews. Yeah, you should do an episode of the show about it. It's very bad. Are you? Did, did you did. see it? Oh, wow. No. Is it very bad? Yeah, it's very bad. I mean, there's a couple of good, uh, like, chase scenes and, like, brutal murders, but it is the, the weirdest, um, juxtaposition between, like, a character doing murders and the people around them, like, not acknowledging that. Um, even though the character's, like, explicitly telling people that they're doing murders. Yeah, that's weird. It's like, I don't understand. Because, like, I get that it's supposed to be that he's, like, a fake superhero, but, like, the powers have only been scary, and they're still scary. Yeah. And yet you're just like, oh, yeah, I know you killed your classmate, and you're probably going to kill um this lady that's part of her family, but, like, eh. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I figured it would not be, like, capably made. No, it's not made capably. And it's unfortunate, because I actually do think that it's a good concept um, from, like, a 50,000-foot view. Like, what if Superman was a bad guy? Um, but yeah. But this is not it. And obviously it's set up so that they can make a sequel. Like, the end of it is open enough that a sequel could come out of it, but I really don't think <laughs> I just don't want them to. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's this episode. The tall dog is real and it will keep coming back. Oh.